Today on the Cineos Health Podcast, we'll be talking about a CEO responding to COVID-19. I'm Jeff Stewart from Cineos Health Consulting. In our next episode on the COVID-19 Special Edition, I'll be talking with Alistair McDonald. Alistair McDonald is our CEO and has been making decisions for our company in the face of what's now a global pandemic. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. COVID-19, the leader's experience, next on the Cineos Health Podcast. Alistair McDonald, welcome to the Cineos Health Podcast. Thanks, Jeff. Great to be here. So one of the things that I find interesting is that you're facing very interesting decisions, including what you do with the workforce here. What are those decisions like? Not everybody's the CEO of a very large pharmaceutical company. It's difficult. Most of the decisions that you have to make as the CEO, it's almost like threading a needle each time. Lots of consideration at the moment with the COVID-19 outbreak. We're seeing it progress across the world. No organization is ready fully for something like that when it happens. But you just have to let common sense lead the decision-making process. So I think the teams handled it locally first very well in China. And then, you know, as it spread across Asia, the management team in Asia-Pac took some early decisions to protect the team. First and foremost, you have to think about what's the most important element to the organization. Number one is always how safe are the employees. Employee safety is critical for us because that's our community. But then in the work that we do, where clinically we can have immunosuppressed patients waiting for cell and gene therapy treatments or people taking drugs that create a suppression in their immune system. We have deeper considerations because those patients staying on trial, staying compliant, staying safe is also a huge consideration for us. Everything else goes into the background at that point. When you're faced with a decision, and this scenario is unusual, but when you're faced with a decision, you just let the facts land and then see what you can make of it and what you can do with it. I've had a lot of support from the board, and that's what they're there for, for me to bounce ideas off of, check in with. And it helps you consider all the aspects, and that consideration helps you come to the right conclusion. Or to put a solution out there that you think is the right conclusion, and then you have to be prepared to tweak it as you go along as more information comes in. I think stepping back and making sure that you consider new facts and new elements to refine the decision and refine the approach and refine the response are all really, really important. When did you first start hearing that in the Asia-Pac offices that this was maybe more than just a blip, that this was a problem that required some kind of action? Probably late January, early February, actually. This has moved quickly. Yeah, there were considerations on the ground that were going to be impactful to the business, initially locally in China. But then when you look at the replay of things like SARS and swine flu and MERS and things like that, you realize pretty quickly that it could get out and be more of an epidemic. Now it's been declared a pandemic because of its speed that it spreads with, I think is a scary part of this pandemic. Not necessarily the severity if you do catch it. It seems that as more information comes out, most fit and healthy folks will survive it pretty easily. But if you're a carrier and you take it home and give it to your parent or you give it to a grandparent who's not in great health, and that's some of the high mortality rate in Italy is because of that, that closeness of family, looking at it from that perspective, how quickly could it spread? And now, obviously, we're seeing that a little bit more globally. It's interesting you brought up those examples, SARS, MERS. I think one of the lessons 
that some not in the field may have taken the wrong lesson from both of those is that, well, yeah, it sounded bad, but it didn't go global. So it really wasn't that bad, let alone swine flu, which the supposed over-response by, I think, the Ford administration made people think that it's easy to over-respond, so maybe just wait and see. You didn't take those lessons from those. You took the right lesson. Do you think that's your training, just your experience in the field? It's different from just being the head of Ford or something like that. You're the head of a service provider to the pharma industry. So has that helped? I don't know, to be honest. You have to think about the community and the environment your team are in and that your organization sits in. So our response to this, we're a global service company. We have commitments to patients who need us. They need us to work out a way to continue to execute. Our goal of bringing drugs to market and getting access for people to those drugs is still relevant, whatever the challenge that we face is. But if you're running a manufacturing plan or something like that, most manufacturers supply their warehouse or supply a buffer that buffers them between the manufacturing process and the market. You have a different response. You could potentially shut down a factory for a few weeks. You could potentially eat into a stock build that you have. I think you have to look at what the environment is, what the facts are that you can get, but you have to pull all those pieces of information together and make sure you don't get hoodwinked or you think that it's going to be something like SARS. It was very serious, but didn't spread that rapidly. If you're fit and healthy and don't have an underlying condition, it's not that serious, but it's spreading like crazy. It's the same, but completely different, if that makes any sense. So you, know, you have to adjust the response accordingly. Was your response to ask people to stay home in certain offices and actually throughout the company if they can stay home, but even some offices just shutting down completely, was that the hardest decision you've made as CEO? I mean, you haven't been on the podcast in all the time that we've been here and you own the mic. You're choosing to speak now. <laughs> no, it's not that. Well, I think in situations like this, people want to hear that we have control and we're calm and we have confidence in what we're doing is the right approach. Closing an office is not a big deal for us in terms of a decision. It's the right decision to make. I don't want people on mass transit. I'd rather they stay at home. One of the saving graces for us is 53% of our workforce works from home already. Obviously, some of those folks work from home but travel to site on a daily basis and that kind of thing. But what that means is we already have the systems in place to be able to handle working from home. So if somebody can be productive from home and stay safe, we found out over the course of this week that people were seeing their school districts close or their private schools close and things like that. I have no qualms about letting people work from home when the kids are at home because they need to be there. They don't need to go to work, catch uh, coronavirus and go home to a house that's been ransacked by the kids. <laughs> I'd rather people worked at home. I ask people to continue to work and do what they can. We've had to leave a couple of pieces open in New York and London, but having 30 people in an office that sits three or 400 instead of 400 people that mitigates the risk. So closing the office is tempered to a degree for the fact that you work from home. But I don't think decision-making is difficult, and I don't want to sound blasé about that, but I don't think making a decision is difficult if you have the right intent. And our intent is protect the workforce, make sure people are safe, enable them to carry on executing so that we can keep sites, the patients safe, we can keep drugs supplied into the market, we can continue to connect with healthcare providers. It's about us continuing in adverse conditions, and I think lots of companies and lots of societies have faced much worse than this. And for us to make quick decisions on protecting the workforce, protecting the team, 
enabling them to carry on working. That's all been done. I'm blessed in many ways by the team that I have because they'll sit down and look at a situation and come up with a solution. They'll come up with a counterbalance of, well, if we do that, we're going to have to do this. And one of the things that we've always tried to do in Sydney is, is hire great people. We're a people business. And when you hire great people, they make great decisions from making sure they have the right information. The ground is moving pretty rapidly, so this can come <laughs> this can come as news that changes so quickly that it might be old news by the time some people listen to this. But we do have CEOs that listen to the podcast. They're not CEOs sometimes of global companies. They don't live six weeks in the future where you live if they're, say, based in the U.S. What does six weeks in the future look like? <laughs> okay, six weeks in the future. Well, as you said, this is a very rapidly evolving situation. Just a week ago, the organization looked very different, and we had made a lot of decisions over this week as we've got more information about the spread and things like that. Six weeks in the future, there are some factors that are in favor of this. I think some of our major markets, governments are responding well and are giving clear directives. We've just seen today the Formula One season's kind of postponed until May. All the football and cricket and all that kind of stuff in the UK has been postponed, no big gatherings think is a good decision. Yeah, you mentioned some sports we don't have here, but they're mad that March Madness over here in North Carolina at headquarters is shut down. Yeah, March Madness getting shut down. You know, we're going to miss some great basketball for sure, but it's the right decision to make. We're in markets where the government are giving clear guidance and making decisions to protect the population, just like we are, protect our population. We have a finite amount of resources in the hospitals and intensive care for those people who do get this badly need ventilation and respirators. Spreading this into the summer, trying to back it up into the summer by slowing the spread, enabling those resources to cope is good advice. What we're trying to do is support that. So when we look at being a good global citizen, we think about how Cineos impacts the world. It's very easy for us to do our own thing, but you've got to take that advice. You've got to look at what governments are doing, assume that they have good advice themselves, and blend that into your approach. So in six weeks' time, I hope the spread has been slowed. We understand more about the virus itself, how to treat it, what the early symptoms are, how to self-isolate, etc. But people heed that, and I certainly want everybody within Cineos and associated with us to heed that advice to limit the spread. I don't expect to see a lot of people traveling around still in four or six weeks' time. I was actually speaking with BA yesterday about something else, and one of the security questions they often ask is, what's the next flight that you have booked in the system? And I don't have one, which has got to be the first time that that's happened for at least a decade. <laughs> There's a new paradigm people have got to get used to working from home, and I think that will just help us calm this down over the next four to six weeks, and I truly hope that's the case. We'd have to look at the WHO and the CDC data what that spread looks like. And that's what we're using at the moment, WHO, CDC, John Hopkins data that we subscribe to, to see the incidence rates, to see where it's really blooming and those locations where it's calming down. And you do see there are areas where it seems to be slowing. China's doing, whether you can trust the data or not, is a political matter, but the rates do seem to be slowing. Japan seems to be slowing. Korea seems to be slowing. And what we have to do is we have to watch this grow and move across the planet and work out what works for us, what doesn't. Send people to working from home, send them remote, send them virtual. 
and then also work on when do we allow people back in. You don't have this pot back up in a country because people came back together too early. Considerations all around that. You mentioned concerns a couple of times about families and those with kids. You have kids. Yeah, I've got an 18-year-old who's studying pharmacology off at the university and a 15-year-old who's at boarding school. He comes home each weekend. Yeah, concerned about them. I've got my parents are in their late 70s around the corner. We are making sure that they have a plan, how they're going to ensure they've got food, that they've got enough supplies. They live in a retirement village where obviously they don't want people coming in and out and increasing exposure. And I said this in a note yesterday to the team, make sure that we are thinking about people in our community, elderly family members and neighbours who might be scared to go to the supermarket. My neighbour across the road is in his late 60s, early 70s, and I saw him yesterday and said, look, if you need anything over the next couple of weeks, just let us know. Or over the next month, just let us know, because it's nothing for me to send one of the kids down to the supermarket to get them something and then leave it on the doorstep so they can pick it up if they are that concerned about catching this, which a lot of people will be. Well, we'll end with that. Alistair McDonald, thanks so much for joining me on the Cineos Health Podcast. Thanks, Jeff. Pleasure. And everybody, stay safe and be good. That's all for today's episode of the Cineos Health Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stewart from Cineos Health Consulting. If you want to talk through a hard decision you're making at your life sciences company, you may email me at podcast at cineoshealth.com. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For access to more future-focused, actionable life sciences insights, visit the Cineos Health Insights Hub at insightshub.health. Cineos Health, shortening the distance from lab to life.